thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. All right, if you love Jesus, say I do. Hey, thanks, Joe. That was a good one. Hey, uh, if you are um, new to Radiant or this is your first time, uh, there is uh, no pressure on this uh, offering today. Uh, I want to take a few moments and just uh, kind of break it down in just a moment. But before we do that, um, we do have Christmas Eve coming up. And so uh, make sure and uh, put on your calendar um, which one you want to be a part of. There'll be three services in this room. And so that's going to be a great time together. I'm excited. It'll be, uh, it'll be warm and fun and delightful. And I, I do want to encourage you to try to invite somebody as well. Um, to Christmas Eve and sit with you. Say, you can sit with me and uh, let it be a step for them. Uh, Somebody that uh, might not attend church, might not know God. And if you're willing to take that moment um, and invest in them, that's a significant uh, way of loving them. So uh, just want to make sure that's on your radar. And then I'm going to pray in a minute, but let me me just kind of give you the thought for today. Um, This is fun. Here's what I mean by that. Uh, Today... We get to make a difference. That's why we call it Difference Makers Offering in the lives of people locally, nationally, and globally. But this is no pressure. This is a zero pressure day. My family and I, we have a song that we sing sometimes on our day off uh, where it's an old Desperation Band song that goes, we're having fun, whoa-oh, we're having fun, whoa-oh. And so as a church family today, that's what this is. We're having fun, whoa-oh. Yeah, that's what it is. It's just fun. It's not pressure. It's not like, oh no, listen, the things that God's called us to do, we're going to, we're, we're going to go after as a church. So we're going after local outreach and we're going after national outreach and we're going after global outreach. And those structures are in place. What you get to do is determine how fast we go. If we're going 50 miles an hour, if we're going to go hundred miles an hour. And so, um, everything that we give today is for those things. For, we we, we want to help the hurting, those who need uh, housing or food. We want to be intentional in helping uh, areas of helping life and families in our city. We want to go after helping uh, young people in the midst of this culture where we're, it, is, it, it, is, it is a challenging season for young people. We're going after young people to know God, to walk with them. And that's the critical season of their lives in those teenage years. And then we're going we're gonna to go after unreached people that have never even heard the good news of the gospel. Places where they might not even have the Bible yet. So there's kind of multiple different areas under each one of those. But we're going to go after that. But here's the good news for you. This is, for me, and I'll teach on this a little bit, but this is, this is fun. This is not pressure. The, you guys are a generous church. And the other 51 weeks out of the year, everything is already set for, so we can make sure and pay to rent this space, make sure and do all the things that we're doing as a church. This day, this offering is just above and beyond. This is fun. So I want to invite you to be praying, thinking through above the tithe. This is like, I want to be a part of what we're doing as a church in terms of outreach. And so don't feel pressure. You got it. You see that? So just, so this just, everybody say, we're having fun. We're having fun. Just look at, look at the person next to you and say, fun. This is fun. 
This is, this is fun. All right. Okay, good. Now look at your second option and say, no, this is fun for you too. All right, there you go. All right. Just, okay. Hey, if you've got your Bibles, let's go John 6. We're going to go John 6 today. Let me pray and we'll go after it. Father, we love you today. And Father, I thank you for every single person that's in this room and that's online. And God, I ask in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you would help us to be your hands and your feet to Kansas City. God, we ask, Lord, that you would use us, Lord, just broken but willing people to make a difference in the lives of young people across our nation. Father, we just look at how many, Lord God, are getting so ushered into immorality. and how, how In that window of time, it's the primary time where people make a decision if they're going to follow Jesus. God, we just think about the globe. And God, we have so much blessing in this nation. We have so much access to the gospel, but there's so many unreached. There's so many around the world that don't know the good news of Jesus. And we ask, Lord God, that you would use our church here in Kansas City, God, to make a difference. We love you. We honor you. And everybody said amen. Uh, I love in sports how when you're wanting to kind of pump everybody up, there's like a reminder of where we've been. So if it's high school sports, there might be a video that shows the year that you won the national championship or the state championship or the regional championship or whatever it might be. Or if you look at it, in, in college sports, they might hang up a banner that says NCAA champs, you know, put the year, maybe show a video at halftime. Maybe while, while, while all the athletes are running out, it'll show something hypothetically, theoretically, just to make up if you were to win a Super Bowl, it might say Super Bowl four champions or Super Bowl 54 or, you know, it's just that it's just, hey, remember who we are. This is this is where we've been. And, and the goal would be to say, so let's do it again. The goal would be to say, so don't forget the success of the past. I think that we could multiply that times about a million to talk about the things of the kingdom. To talk about, look what the Lord has done. Look what God has done. And I was just thinking about the people that interact with Jesus in the scriptures that see a miracle. Like when Jesus does something in their lives, my guess is they just can't shut up about it. Like you remember the story of blind Bartimaeus being healed. My guess is, is that grandpa Bartimaeus one day is old man Bartimaeus. They just can't stop talking about, I once was blind. I cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I can now see, and I just can't stop talking about it. I was wondering if maybe Jairus, whose little girl got brought back to life. I just wonder if, if great uncle Jairus at the family Christmas is just always going on and on and on about that day that Jesus raised her from the dead. I just, I, I think about each one. You could think about not just someone who was blind, but could see or someone who, but maybe what, maybe, maybe some of those lepers that were healed, that, that went back and thanked Jesus. Maybe they were the ones years later, they just couldn't stop talking about Jesus healed me. And I just think it's good for the church of Jesus Christ for us to look back and far better than winning a championship. Far better than winning some regional event. For us to be a people that constantly talk about, look what the Lord has done. Look at God's activity among us. In 2020, uh, this room was set the other direction and all the chairs were facing that direction. And 
I came down uh, after a service on a Sunday, and God had just healed my dad. And for those of you that are new to Radiant, um, there was a moment in 2020 where Jesus healed my dad. He had ARDS. He had COVID. He had pulmonary embolism. He had pneumonia. And you prayed. In fact, our church really united in an incredible way during that season where we cried out to God and asked God for a miracle. We showed a video of my dad and him telling the story of being healed. I was, uh, I'm honestly still kind of shaken up by it. In fact, it's kind of funny right now uh, because when people invite me to come speak at their church, they actually said, hey, David, uh, you could speak on whatever you want, but we know that you're going to just stand up there and say, God healed my dad and cry. We know that's what's happening because we, we searched on YouTube and it seems to be the theme right now. And I was like, listen, I can break down something in the Psalms or the Gospels or Paul or something, but I, can, I, I just got to tell you there's one story that I just can't stop talking about because there was a moment where I said to the Lord in the middle of praying every day that God would heal my dad, where I said, if you'll heal my dad, I will tell that story the rest of my days. And, uh, and I, I just wonder, I just wonder if, if it's not good for us to just begin to talk about God at work among us and then ask God, God, would you do it again? God, would you do more than we could ever imagine? So I walked down off the stage and a man came up and right over here, and he said, can I pray for you? I said, sure. And he said, as he prayed for me, he said this phrase, and I don't know why I remember it. I don't know why it stuck out to me, but it just resonated. He said, God, I ask that this would not be a one-time miracle for Radiant Church, but that Hal's healing would be a gateway miracle for Radiant Church. And I just knew that when he said that, that it, I, just sensed, I just sensed, this, is, this was just... It was just like, oh God, more, more miracles, God. Let it be a gateway miracle where we see a move of God. And I just want to encourage you that in my experience in the last two years, I believe that has happened. I don't know about what your life is like, and I don't know about some of your own experiences, but when I look at my first 43 years, man, I'm so thankful for every time that I saw God move. But I got to tell you, in the last two years, I've seen an uptick of God activity where I just can't explain it. Where I just see God at work and the miracles that I just, yeah, of course, you're always going to have people that try to talk you out of it and say, oh, no, chance, circumstance, doubtful. We're deep in your bones, you know, God did that. You can't talk me out of it. My son Dawson, he's now 18, but when he was 16, he was praying uh, near daily online on zoom or FaceTime with some teenage kids from across the country. And they're one of the boys that he would pray with had this high pitched voice. And he was born with a vocal problem and told that if it, uh, if at a, by a certain age, if it hadn't changed, that he would always have that voice that age had passed. So he, uh, was told that that was the way that his voice would be. And Dawson went away to a camp, a missions church camp in the summer of 2021. Dad was healed in December of 2020. And in summer of 2021, Dawson, my son, starts blowing up Renata on my phone, just texting us because we had heard the prayers of Jimmy. We had heard this boy, Jimmy, pray with Dawson. And I always just, I was always hurting for this boy who lived in California, who had this high-pitched voice, 
because it just sounded so high. And you guys have heard my stories about some of my own bullying experiences when I was a teenager. And I remember just feeling just this, just this sympathy for this boy that had this high voice. And Dawson starts blowing up our phone. God healed Jimmy. And he sends us this video of, of Jimmy talking. And Jimmy no longer has a high voice. Jimmy now has a low voice. And I start freaking out. I'm texting everybody. I mean, every text thread. I mean, even if you're like my old high school friends, all we talk about is the Sooners. I'm texting you. Look what God has done. Look what, I mean, I'm every single chat thread I can think of. And I remember this moment where I was talking to Renata and Renata said, what's wrong? And I said, I'm so mad that other people aren't freaking out. I'm so excited. I'm so, I can't, look what God has done. I'm telling you that because in a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to freak out. And I want to invite you to freak out with me. Because here's this boy. And, 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 and you kind of think about this, like, because I, ha I had somebody that said, oh, you know, it's just, just, just chance. Okay, let's just do the math. This is the condition that the boy is in since he was born. He goes to camp when he's 17 years old. When he goes to camp, he's 17. And when he goes into a worship set, he has the high-pitched voice. When the service is over, his voice is low. He's been praying for a miracle, for healing his entire life. And you're going to just tell me, oh yeah, just chance. That one time where he, all of the kids are assembled and they're praying and worshiping. And that, that's the moment. It's going to be hard to talk me into that that's a coincidence. Here's what I believe. Look what the Lord has done. Yes. So I just want you to see. I'm going to show you a video of Jimmy talking before the healing moment. And then the video of him afterwards. So watch this real quick. What's up? Um, my name is Jimmy. Um, for those of you who don't know me. And for those his of you whole life. Know me, that's think, who his voice was. Um, you'd know that my faith in God is just such a big part of my life. He came to our bold conference this past summer and he preaches now. Listen to how Jimmy talks now. Listen to this next video. You get to freak out right now. So many of you have prayed and sacrificially given to go on the journey, believing God for our miracle building. And I, I sense like the Holy Spirit put that phrase miracle building uh, on my heart. And, and so uh, we all began the journey of praying and giving. And I wish I, wish, I wish I could bring back to you the conversations with Pastor Nathan and trustees and, and our, 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 the real estate people and just for you to know the, the miracle process that we're in. Like it, I, I, just to know that here we are and we've got these 20,000 square feet in this space and that here on this same street, which when we started the church in 2016, I didn't really know, wow, this area costs more, too much. I mean, you know, like, wow. But on a, here we are and just, I mean, just down the road and now God through you because of your prayers, what you've given and now we're beginning the journey where we have purchased over 80,000 square feet. I just, you can't talk me out of it. You can't talk me out of the fact that God's at work. I know this sounds silly, but that moment where Pastor Doug came from Denver and 
I'm just this wreck constantly telling stories about God at work. And I kept telling him the story about I was sitting at McLean's and in my prayer journal wrote Miracle Building and telling the story. So then you remember he got up here, he gave me a table and, you know, we just now the tables at our house. And every time we see the table, we're like, oh, you know, God at work. And but uh, it became a joke within my family. Uh, about, hey, maybe we should just circle that, you know, like miracle, like, and we just started talking about like, what, what might the Lord do next? And so we were sitting uh, there recently and after Pastor Doug was here and, and all, the, all the kids were, were believing God because what God's doing with our bold conference is so incredible. And there's, we actually have churches now that are contacting us we're contacting them and they're saying, hey, we would love to have a bold night, uh, but it's expensive to send our young people, our 19-year-olds, give or take a few years, and worship leaders and prayer and audio and video and preachers and send our teenagers to go, to go pray with their teenagers, but it costs money. And so we said, let's believe God for a miracle bus. So I got all my kids and they all circle in their prayer journal, miracle bus, you know? <laughs> Only to have, uh, two weeks ago, one of you find out about the need, ask for a miracle bus, and say, hey, and one of you said, we'll give $10,000 towards a miracle bus, matching up to $10,000, and I'm just going, gateway miracle. Like, I don't know what your life is like, but for me, I just, they just keep coming. Like, I just keep hearing the stories of God at work. And my dream today is that we would step into a place that it's not just miracles that we receive, but miracles that flow God through us. That we would be a people that would tell the story about, hey, God used this church, Kansas City, and we said yes, and we give our little time, we give our little talent, we give our little treasure, we give our yes, and on the other side of the yes, God goes, watch me do miracles through willing vessels. Just people that say, I'll be a channel. You can use me. I'll be the conduit of grace. I'll be the conduit of the presence, the power, the miracle of God. And I don't know why God chooses to use just weak people that say yes, but he does. There's one of the great stories in the Bible that I want to read today in John 6. And this story is actually in all four Gospels, which just makes me believe it's a fun, significant story. And it's one of the most famous, so you know it really well. But I want to highlight a few observations about the broken, average, normal, willing kid, the boy that Jesus uses to feed thousands. Let's read this. John chapter 6, verse 5, reads like this. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where should we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Hmm. He already knows what he's going to do. Interesting. I just want you to see that. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each, each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far... Will they go among so many? And Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. 
Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted, and he did the same with the fish. And when they had all eaten, when they all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. And after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, <laughs> I just like that. They began to talk about Jesus. Oh, not quiet, passive, sweet, post about self, but post about Jesus. Sorry. Surely this is a prophet who has come into the world. And Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Fun story. I just want to highlight a few ideas. First one is this. This, is, this boy is the only one that we know of who didn't need the miracle. He's the one that actually was responsible enough to bring his lunch. And I think most of us, if we were put in that situation, we would look and go, bro, what is your deal? If the rabbi is talking, these preachers never shut up. Bring your lunch. We came a long way out here. Come on. Why would I? Guys, it's y'all's issue. What? What? I mean, sir, maybe, maybe, maybe he would have hidden it, like sat on it. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Disciples are looking for someone with a lunch. Jesus wants to share. Jesus tends to participate with people and maybe he'd hide it. But here's the intriguing piece. Here's the boy and he gives it. And I just want you to see this, the, the one who had something. He's the one that gave in thousands. So Jesus did the miracle. The boy gave what he had. And it was actually, because there's a lot of times that we read stories in the Bible where it's the desperate person who needs the miracle. That was Bartimaeus. Jairus was someone who wanted a miracle for somebody else. It's easy to be the one when you have so much to never ask or voluntarily give because you're not the person in need. So it's easy to be the one that says, hey, I've got my lunch. Go ahead, Jesus. Keep teaching. And yet, the beauty of the story for the boy, where he gives, and he's the one... He gives, he doesn't give, I mean, it's not his lack. The story is actually his abundance. The story is he has and he gives. So I just want us to imagine today responding to the Lord, to a people who many of us have so much. If you have a house, a car, and food, then you're in the top 5% of wealthiest people in the world. And so, I wonder what it would look like for us to say, hmm, this isn't so much about my need. And I love, you know that. If, if, if there's one thing that you feel like comes out at this church over and over again, it's that, man, when we pray, God works. No matter how weak, broken, God has a miracle for you. and all. But that's not today. Here's today. Out of the abundance of what we have, could we care about others? Out of the abundance of the way that God has blessed us, is it possible for us to care about local outreach and the people that are hurting in our city? Is it possible for us to actually, David, I don't really care like you care about the teenage thing. Oh, 
Could you ask, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me to care like you care? God, help me to care about, I, I, I'm mostly concerned about, you know, the business that I run and, you know, how my, my employees that are acting up and my house and my car. I'm not really thinking mostly about the people who live and don't have access to the good news of the gospel. They don't have the Bible in their language. They don't have, I'm not really thinking about, I'm really thinking about my five loaves and my two fish. and my. I just want to invite you today to be the conduit, to be someone that lets Jesus use your yes and you give out of your abundance. And the fun part about this is he really doesn't give that much. Like this is maybe a $5 lunch and then it feeds thousands. We could go conservative and say maybe at the smallest 10,000, 5,000 men. We don't know how many wives and children, but let's just even go conservative and say there's 5,000 women and children all added together. There's 10,000 people. Imagine the joy for this boy at the end of the day when he talks to his mom, how'd your day go? Did I make you enough to eat? And he says, you did. <laughs> you know, I love that place that we read where Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And we've spent 10 weeks working on the idea of blessed, makarios, happy, fortunate. I just wonder if the boy experienced a blessing. He goes, I can't believe the happy, lucky, fortunate life, joy. And I'll just bet whatever this boy's name is, I'll just bet that boy became a grandpa one day that loved to talk about the miracle of the multiplied bread and fish. I'll just bet that when everybody else rolled their eyes and wanted to move the conversation on to the politics of the day, or let's get real and talk about the economics of the day. Or let's get real and talk about all the problems. Or let's get real and talk about cars. Or let's get real and talk about back then, I don't know, donkeys. Like, let's, let's, let's be proud. I'll just bet that there's a little old man in the corner that just can't stop talking about, I had some bread and some fish. And you know what the Lord did? Amen. I'll just bet that Jairus became the old man that couldn't stop talking about that day that Jesus raised up his daughter. I'll just bet that Mary and Martha, I'm just convinced that Martha forever told the story. Martha, do you believe me? Lazarus, come forth. Na, 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 na. I mean, the rest of their lives. Oh, no, no. Why do we always talk about what the Lord has done? I'm telling you, it's better than championships. I'm telling you, it's better. One of the best things that we can do is become a people that come back and say, look what God has done. And, and the blessing. Like, like, think about the fun. I just, that's why I said this is fun. Like, like dad, remember that song you sang when we were little? We'll have fun, fun, fun till the daddy takes a T-bird away. You sang mostly Christian songs, but I remember that one. And... <laughs> Like, this is better than that. Like, like, I was just thinking, my dad on his birthday, we, uh, uh, we were talking and he was like, hey, I, I called him on his 77th birthday. Hey, he said, I gotta go. I got another Zoom call. 
I was like, Dad, what's the next Zoom call? He said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a guy. I'm trying to talk about how to, how to pray for him and his family and some of the hard tensions going on. And he's like, this is fun stuff. And I said, you know, Dad, many guys on their 77th birthday aren't looking forward to the next Zoom call to help someone else pray for their children. And he said, they don't know what fun is. <sighs> like, like, I just wonder when you start to see the hand of God, the miracle of God, and it becomes your story. It's really hard to move on. You really can't get over it. And you really want to look at the most broken, weak people that are tempted to give up, believing for their miracle, and say, don't give up. He's still the God of miracles. And you look at the stories of Jesus, and so often it was people that had been in pain for a long time. And Jesus does miracles. And Jesus uses people. Sometimes the miracle is for the person asking, and sometimes there's just some boy just close enough to give their yes. Just close enough to recognize the problem, possess a burden, and say, because if you think about this, it's not even logical. Hey, can we have your lunch? What? Jesus, the master, he, he, he wants your bread and your fish. There's not enough food. Nobody here brought food but you. Can we, can we, can we have it? Uh, intellectually, can you imagine the boys like, this is dumb. Are you, you, how are you going to feed 9,900? What? Right? I've got joy and chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. And I've got faith that makes no sense. Yeah, you can have it. And in the middle of me giving you Jesus, you can take it. And you just get, and I, I just think it's interesting that he gives so little. It's just so small. But in Jesus' hands, it becomes so much. So in his hands, it helps him consume food for just himself. But when he gives it to the master, it multiplies. And Jesus says, I'll do the miracle. I just want to invite you to imagine what it could look like for you to think being a blessing is fun. Being a blessing, you love it. Like I was just thinking about the temptation for you and me to believe the cultural narrative instead of the kingdom narrative because the culture says use the blessing on self but the kingdom says you're blessed to be a blessing. That's how it works. So actually the, you, you experience blessing by being a blessing. So if you believe the cultural narrative then I got to, he who dies with the most toys wins. And if I, if I, if I can get enough stuff, then I'll finally be happy. And yet you see it over and over again. It's not true. And somehow those people that have tears about children in Africa are the ones that have the most joy. They're the ones that say that, and it's supernatural. It's that's what you're, have you ever used something, bought something and used it in the wrong way? And if you use it in the wrong way, it's function is pointless. That's what we do every time that we say I'm blessed for self. It's just, I'm not living the way that God intends you to live. But when he blesses you and you use that to be a blessing, then the boomerang joy comes back 
the blessing and you go, ah. Oh. And I know some of you just got scared. I'm not, I'm not saying we give to get. I'm saying we get to give. I'm saying it's joy to actually make a difference in their life. And then you just, wow. I just, it's actually what you delight in. It's actually what, what you enjoy. And the peace about this, this is the way that Jesus operates. Imagine Jesus coming. Jesus says, can I have, can I, can, can I take the lunch? Can I take the bread and fish? And I think for us, many of us, here's what we do. We go, I go to church and just let God do what God's going to do. God, if you want to do a miracle, go ahead. You're God. Okay. You're always just banking on a sovereign surprise. Except for that when Jesus wants to do miracles, he always wants to partner with people. Every time. It's almost. So if you look at what God is like, we can look at Jesus. And the scripture tells us that we look at Jesus and we know what God is like. All right. Here's Jesus. He's God. Second person of the Trinity. And so even in these little stories about the way that God is, he partners with his people. You can go Old Testament and look at the way that God did it with the prophets and the way that God led his people. But let's just stay in the Gospels for a moment and let's just look at Jesus because when he wants to do a miracle, he's got this equation where he uses people. Hey, go and move with the stone. Well, hold on to me. He's raising someone from the dead. He doesn't really need the little stone mover boys. Right? Hey, temple tax time, Peter. Go, go catch a fish. Pull a coin out of a fish mouth. That's so weird. He doesn't need that. He could just whoop, coins. Here you go, Pete. Go pay it. No, I want to involve you, Peter. He does it over and over again. John 2. Hey, go get some jars. He's Jesus. He's just, he could just. But he involves people. I want you to go do something. You partner with me. It's how God works. He's always partnering with people. Hey, I've got something in my heart I want to do. Where's a kid with some fish and bread that will partner with me to do a miracle? And imagine that boy, joy, blessed, Makarios. <laughs> that little tiny gift impacted thousands of other people. And their needs were met. And that boy experienced joy. And we get that privilege. We get the privilege to be a people that don't do fun the world's way. We do it the kingdom way. We do fun. So when I say, hey, this is fun today, I'm not, I'm not making that up. Like if this isn't fun for you, I'm just saying, oh, this is, there's no pressure here. This is for the people that go, no, this is actually fun. Like I want to do this. And then when you look on the other side, it's amazing how Jesus doesn't do the miracle until after he gets the bread and fish, right? Because you and I, we always want Jesus just do a miracle, but do it without my obedience or without my sacrifice or without my financial gift or without my step of faith or my faith step, obedience step. Uh, just here's it. If you'll just do it, I'll, I'll applaud. 
but I don't want to have to take the faith step, risk step, obedience step, sacrifice step. And for some reason, Jesus goes, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. I'm, I want a partnership. Over and over again in my own journey, I just watched this over and over again. When we wanted to do that bold conference that first year, but I, I just, I had an advisor tell me, David, it's really not smart to try to do a national conference the same year that you start a church. He's like, it's financially irresponsible. And I was like, I know. <laughs> but I got a burden that I just can't shake. And it was only after we signed the lease to the Overland Park Convention Center and went on $10,000, which, man, that could have been $1.1 million. I, didn't, I, mean, I was just starting a church. I didn't even know money. I was like, all right. <laughs> Only to then six days later, well, four days later, get a phone call. Hey, heard Radiant Church is going to start a youth conference this summer. We're going to put in the mail a check for it. You ready for this? $10,000 to the penny. Wow. Thank you, Joe. Oh. <laughs> That's right, right there. We need a wow, baby. Come on. But, but here's, here's why I say that. And I, I, I know it, there's just so many times where the Lord goes, God, I want to just, it's after you take that faith step. God goes, oh, I, I, I want to bless. So I want us just to take, just ask the Lord just what it would look like. Because I think, I think where I want us to be as a church is for this to really be just fun. Like, we love this. So there's no pressure on this offering. There are no, there are no bills right now or something that we uh, need to pay or something. Like, this is just, we're, we're already doing that with the other 51 weeks out of the year. This is just above and beyond. Everything that we get, and I just think it's fun. The, uh, when Renata and I first got married, I had, in my early 20s, before we got married, I was, uh, having coffee with this guy who is from Arkansas, 6'6". Um, I remember you know, details like that. He was six foot six and a razorback hat on. And we're sitting there, we're talking, and he had kind of that Southern kind of Arkansas type talk. And he, is a, he was a um, coach. He was a basketball coach. He'd been a math teacher. And, um, and, and I just remember him telling me stories about how he and his wife gave their cars away. And I'd never heard of that. And so I was like, what do you mean you give it away? And he was like, oh yeah, we've just, we just saw it as a way to just bless other people. So, and, and so I kind of filed it away, found it really interesting. And Renata and I got married and, uh, and I brought a car into the marriage. Renata didn't bring a car into the marriage. I don't know why I need to make that point, but I do. And so, um, so I brought my Mustang into the marriage and we had been married for about, I don't know how long, and, uh, and, and, and we had got, it was time to get a car. And, and I told Renata about that story about the guy in Arkansas. And she said, let's do it. And I remember saying, that's no, I, uh, because there's this part of me that went, that's cool. And there's another part of me that's like, Mm, we got trade-in value. We got private party. I know what we could upgrade to. And we got a long life, and we're going to retire one day. And I don't know. And we might have kids. You know, like some of that. And 
So I'll just never forget the moment where she said, David, there's this lady in our church. She doesn't have a car and we could give a car to this lady. And, 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 and of course, you know, Renata, who she is. And so I'll just never forget sitting at a macaroni grill, eating the free bread. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. And, and pushing the keys across the table. And this lady who didn't have a car. And we didn't know why we just knew the that. We just saw the burden, just picked up that she was always needing rides and didn't know the whole story. But then once we gave her the car, she weeps. She tells the story. And the joy. See, I, I've been blessed. I grew up in a great family. My, my parents took care of me where I could work a job when I was a teenager to save money to get a car. And her story, she didn't have what I had. So I've been blessed. My temptation was to sit on it. <laughs> My temptation was to hide it, not to give it. But you know, the next time, as we got a little older and we needed a four-wheel drive, the conversation became, who can we give our car to? And it went from like, to la. And then the third time, it became, this is so much fun. And I think that's my prayer as the years go by here in our church. I know early on it becomes like, I don't know. But man, year after year, where it's like, oh, we get to do this. It's not we have to, it's the get to. You read in the Bible, Jesus always loved the voluntary sacrifice. The vol it's what's in the heart. He loves a cheerful giver. It's not just that you give, it's how you give. It's the why, it's the motivation, it's what's in your heart. You look at the Old Testament sacrifices, and when it's this willing offering, then it pleases God. And so I want to invite you today that we get to give. And so we get to give towards local outreach. And man, we want to make it, we want to have the best serve day we've ever had this next year. We want to help the different people in the city for housing and food and fighting for life and for families. And we want to go after a generation of young people that desperately need God from across our nation. And we want to give sacrificially to make a difference around the world. And I want to invite you to think about, God, what do you want me to give? And just the same way that they say, the master needs the bread and the fish. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to even be need-based, because bluntly, we just get to do this. I just want to invite you just to ask God. God, what, do you, what does it look like? Some of you, it's going to be this great moment where for you, some of you, this is the first moment you've ever thrown the keys across the table and it just seems crazy. It just seems, some of you, it's been, it's your second or third or fourth time. And those of you who've been doing a while, you go, oh, this is, this is actually really fun. We're, we, we really are having fun. This is good, clean fun in a real swell time. We want to make a difference in the lives of others. God wants to do more miracles for other people through you. We get to give our yes to Jesus and he takes our yes in his hands and he multiplies it. You ready to have some fun? All right, let's stand up. Here we go. I want to invite our ushers to come forward. And again,
If you're giving online, just choose the Difference Makers offering. And again, everything today, everything goes towards this local, national, global outreach. And thank you, guys. Just thank you for being such a generous church that we can do this. I know other churches, like, it's the offerings can look different where it's like pressure. And I'm just grateful for your generosity that, that we have a church like this, that this space is paid for and, well, <laughs> for today, and that we get to do the things that God's called us to do. And I'm just so grateful for the generosity that exists in this house. Like, it's just incredible. It's just, it's, it, it blows my mind. I'm just so grateful. So let's just take a moment, and I want to just give you 10 seconds just to ask God. And just, if he says give bread and fish, you give the bread and fish. You just, you just give him your yes. This isn't about what David wants or needs or asks. This is just what the Holy Spirit leads you to. Jesus, just like a kid, we come before you today and we just put this in your hands. Help us care like you care. Help us care about our city. Help us care about our nation. Help us care about every person hearing the good news of the gospel. And this gospel will be preached in all nations. Jesus, put your heart in our heart. Download it into us. Do a work inside of us. We love you. And we give to this fun offering. We get to give. We're so blessed. Let us be a blessing. We honor you. We love you. In Jesus' name.